Hello, this is Christopher Eck. I am the lead pastor at Bethany Covenant Church in Bedford, New Hampshire. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this message inspires, helps, and encourages you as you seek to live your life with Jesus. For more information about our church or to support the ministry, visit BethanyCovenant.com. Enjoy the message. Have you ever felt left out, not included, flat out excluded? I'm not sure how old I was, but I had that feeling at a very early age. There were friends that were talking about me from the sandbox and pointing. And then when I went over to them, they ran away. I know, sad. Not being included is difficult. It happens all the time. It happens to tweens, teens, young adults, and adults. It happens at school, at work, in our neighborhoods. We often feel left out, rejected, or excluded from the group. But can you remember back when you were little and it was time for kickball? And they made teams. Were you picked first? Did you make the draft? Were you sought after? Did they make you try out to prove your worth? Or maybe when you got older, you started to play an instrument and you joined the school band. Were you picked to be a section leader in the band? Or maybe you played basketball and the coach picked the captains. Were you picked because you were the highest scorer or you passed the best? Maybe you're in a company right now and you hold the best sales position of the year. And the president comes and the executive board and they say, you now have been promoted to join us on the highest level of leadership for the company. But what if you were picked for the kickball team, chosen to be section leader for the band, selected as a team captain, and promoted to the company's executive team, that you were not chosen because of your skills, credentials, or your experiences, but you were selected because the leader saw potential in you. You were picked because you're teachable, honest, and you can collaborate well with others. And that you would bring the best out in everyone else as they brought the best out in you. This is what Jesus did with the 12 disciples. Jesus chose his inner circle. Now, from the outside looking in, many thought Jesus' choices were crazy because the disciples were not Pharisees or Sadducees. They were not trained to be religious leaders. They weren't special None of them held a prominent role in the community, and most were young. I don't know if you're aware of this, but many of the disciples were teenagers or young adults, and Jesus himself was 30 years old. We often envision the disciples as older, wiser men, but that was not the case. What an opportunity for anyone of any age to be called by God and to follow in Jesus' footsteps. Jesus models his love for us, that he wants to have as many people join him in eternity. And this began with the small group that he invited to join him on mission. His approach was personal. It was invitational. It was intentional. And it was transformational. Our new series for January will be the Inner Circle Insights from Jesus' Teachings. 
We will learn why Jesus chose them and how he can choose us. We will learn what they heard from Jesus and how they responded. And that we can be invited into Jesus' inner circle in the same way. That this inner circle life is just as accessible to us as it was for them. And if you're willing, your life will never be the same. Jesus modeled the value of being relationship with one another. His ministry had impacted thousands, but many ended up leaving him when his teachings became too challenging. But the 12 stayed and followed Jesus. They held on to his every word. They learned to trust Jesus and trust one another, to love and serve as Jesus loved and served them. Jesus' inner circle developed their hearts. They were connected together. They were unified. They supported each other and cared for one another. They encouraged and held each other accountable. Jesus modeled for them that we are not to live on our own, live isolated lives, that we are to live authentically in fellowship together. Today we'll focus on the first half of the 12 disciples who either chose to follow Jesus or accepted his invitation to follow him. Let's pray. Lord, we come today eager to hear from you, hungry to experience your love. We want to be included in your inner circle and understand the lessons you taught the disciples are here to teach us. May we be part of your team going forward. We pray that you will change us to be more like Christ. In your name we pray. Amen. Have you ever imagined how your life would change if you were in Christ's inner circle? Hold this question in your mind today and ponder the questions you'd ask Jesus. How would you respond to his life? Notice responding to his life would include doing what he said and sharing what he said with others. Here's the question again in case you missed it. Have you ever imagined how your life would change if you were in Christ's inner circle? Turn or swipe to John, John's Gospel, chapter 1, to see who became Jesus' inner circle. We're going to begin in John 1, verse 34. Again, the next day, John was standing with his two disciples. This is John the Baptist, not the one who wrote the letter John. When John said, the, when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this and followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and noticed them following him, he asked them, what are you looking for? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where, where are you staying? Come and you'll see he replied. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day. It was about 10 in the morning. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard John and followed him. He first found his own brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah, which means anointed one. And he brought Simon to Jesus. When Jesus saw him, he said, 
You are Simon, son of Jonah. You will be called Caiaphas, which means rock. John the Baptist had already used the title Lamb of God, and he used it again here. This time, it pivots the story from John's ministry of baptism and preparation to Jesus' ministry. John's ministry was brief and effective for at least two of his disciples who left him to follow Jesus. Now notice, John the Baptist does not get angry. What, you're leaving me to follow him? And he doesn't sulk. Why does Jesus get the lead role? Would you or I respond the same way after investing in someone? Would we welcome their choice to leave us? Or would we grumble that they left us? John the Baptist has prepared us for inner circle life, which is to live humbly as we follow faithfully. When I read this passage over and over again, I found myself asking, who chose whom? It appears that they left John on their own based on John's preaching and their hopes the Messiah would come in their lifetime. And then Jesus asked this question, What are you looking for? For us, this is a strange question when we read it through our cultural lens. Maybe the question for us could be, what do you live for? What gets you moving in the morning? What fills your dreams at night? What drives you? What does all your life count for? What are you looking for? What's just as probing for them as it is for us? Here are some observations made by different scholars. Are you looking to have a legalistic life like the religious leaders of the day? All you want to do is talk about the law, debate it, defend it, and chastise anyone not obeying it. Are you ambitious? You want power, prestige, and an important place in society. Are you a nationalist? looking for a political demagogue and or a military commander to smash the Roman Empire? Are you looking for security to have a safe life filled with money to take care of all your current and future needs? Are you seeking a profession as a career that combines several of the previous observations, maybe including power, prestige, and importance? Are you a person of humility, and prayer, seeking God? Or are you simple, puzzled person on the road looking for a light to navigate by that provides forgiveness and purpose? Are you seeking peace? Peace that allows for inner peace, peace with God, and peace with others. This can only be supplied by Jesus. They do not answer Jesus' question. Instead, they ask a question of their own. Where are you staying? Which in their day was asking Jesus to be their rabbi, to be their religious teacher. And he gives an intriguing answer. Come and see. What an invitation. Come and see. And they went with Jesus and stayed with him for a day, imagining having the opportunity to spend a day with Jesus. They watched him, listened to them. They didn't know where he would take them or what would happen, yet they followed him. We know from the other Gospels, Jesus taught and preached. He healed and he delivered people possessed by demons. 
that Jesus began each day in prayer and ended each day praying to the Father, our Lord. Picture Andrew and the other disciple having a special day with Jesus. That they were covered with Jesus' dust. There's an ancient quote from a rabbi that says, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. He was expressing that students of a rabbi should follow so close that the dust when they walk should cover them from their rabbi. In other words, that the rabbi's whole way of life would embody them. Twice in my life, I had a similar opportunity. The first was with Gordon McDonald, who asked me to shadow him on a Sunday before I entered ministry. I saw how he interacted with people, how he prayed, and I focused on how he delivered his sermon. In another opportunity, Paul Gorthwick invited me to join him on a trip to Toronto where he would be speaking as part of the missions conference. The host pastor was a close friend of Paul's, and we sat there during the Sunday service, and we heard his friend preach. But actually, before he delivered the sermon, he said that he had to clarify with the church that he needs them to know his priorities. His first priority is to Jesus. His second priority is to his family. And the third priority is to his church. I was a little shocked by this. We learned over lunch, he had read an email just before he went to preach, and that a person in his church chastised him for not spending enough time with people. Paul said to him, well, maybe there's a lesson to be learned here, not to read emails before you preach. His values were correct, but his timing was off. He needed an inner circle to safely process the email and to discern how to respond. We're better when we live life together. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, went and told Peter about Jesus and brought him. He invited him to meet Jesus. First, Jesus modeled and explained to us, inner circle life is invitational. Come and see. And now Andrew does the same thing. He invites his brother to follow Jesus. There's something special when we spend time with Jesus. We find our value, our place, and our purpose. Up to this point, there were fishermen doing the same thing day in and day out. Deep down, they knew they were missing something in their souls. Their souls were crying out for the Messiah to come. These two showed their longing by following John the Baptist part-time. But that was not enough. They wanted, okay, they needed, as we need today, more. Are we ready to respond to Jesus, the one and only Lamb of God, as they did? They did not have the Bible as we do. We can read it and reread it. We can even listen to the Bible We can look at a commentary and study about the Bible. We can discuss the Bible with each other. But they had Jesus directly, the living Bible, who taught them and revealed his plan for the world. They held on to his words. He invited them to live as he lived, to do what he did, and share his words that he spoke. 
the disciples wished to linger longer with him and talk over their problems and their troubles. William Barclay goes on to say, the man who would be Jesus' disciples can never be satisfied with a passing word. He wants to meet Jesus, not as an acquaintance in passing, but as a friend in his own heart. We read that Jesus renamed Simon to Caiaphas, the rock. In the Old Testament, change meant a new relationship with God. Jacob to Israel, Abram to Abraham. When a person enters into a relationship with God, it's as if a new life begins. Jesus renaming Simon to Peter was character forming. I like the way one commentator explained it. Jesus does not only see what a person is, he also sees the person he can become. He sees not only the actualities in the person, he sees also the possibilities. As John the Baptist handed the stage to Jesus, Andrew hands his brother over to Jesus for his brother to become the lead disciple. There's not much more we know about Andrew except that he shared his faith with a few others and invited them to follow Jesus. He was humble knowing his role was to support and encourage his brother and to help others follow Jesus. We often mix up effective leadership with hype. Good leaders make the news. Good leaders have books written about them. Andrew played just as an important role as Peter. We don't necessarily know who led Billy Graham to Christ, but that person was just as important as Billy Graham. Humility was not only modeled by John the Baptist and Andrew, it was modeled by Jesus Christ, who took the place of a servant and washed the disciples' feet. There was nothing Jesus asked his disciples that he would not do. Inner circle life teaches humility. Andrew, Peter, and the unknown disciple were gleaning insights from Jesus' teaching. Picking up the story in verse 43, we read who else became part of the inner circle. Then the next day, he decided to leave for Galilee. Jesus found Philip and told him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the hometown of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law. And so did the prophets. Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nathanael asked. Come and see, Philip answered. Jesus found Philip and he said, follow me. Steve Elliott and I have been helping people follow Jesus on Wednesday nights. From this passage, we share two things. The first is to share that we all have a timeline. We all have our life, and it starts from beginning at birth, and it continues through our life. Now, for these disciples who were from Galilee, they were Galileans, and they were going to live as fishermen. Then one day, Jesus invited them to come and follow him. Their timeline changed their directory. At this point of intersection with Jesus, it was a Kairos moment. They learned to hear God's voice, and they followed him, and their lives were changed forever. Then we draw a triangle. 
that depicts Jesus' life in the life of the disciples. And at the top of the triangle, we write the word up, that we are to worship and listen to God, that we are to sing praises to him and allow him to shape and form us. And then in the bottom right-hand corner, we write the word in. Jesus was investing in his disciples. Who's pouring into you? And then in the left-hand side, we write the word out to invite others to follow Jesus so their lives will be changed, to love as Jesus loves, to serve as Jesus served, and to know he's given us his power and his authority to live an inner circle life focused on Christ. Earlier, I began our account this morning with a sad childhood story that kids would run away from me. But there's more to the story I want to share with you. I would chase them down and I would tag one of them and say, you're it. And we all scattered and began the game of tag. If they wouldn't include me in their fun, I'd include them in my games. Jesus wants to include you no matter how talented, skilled, or credentialed you are. All you and I have to do is respond to his invitation, come and see. John the Baptist and Andrew knew their role and lived the inner circle life of humility. Andrew and Philip followed Jesus' example and lived the inner life of, that's invitational. All of the disciples caught Jesus' mission and reproduced his life for others to follow Jesus. If you're not part of a small group where people are pouring into you, praying for you, encouraging for you, showing you how to walk with Jesus, then I might ask you to join a small group. Try it new this year. In fact, we're going to be getting a couple of new small groups. One is going to be watching The Chosen and discussing it together. You might want to join me on Wednesday nights beginning January 17th as we will follow Jesus together. Bring your questions. We'll answer those questions. We'll look at Scripture. We'll learn to hear God's voice. And we'll see how we can have a relationship that is up, in, and out focused. Now, you have to understand that this inner circle life transformed those 12 disciples so that they transformed others and transformed others. And we see how that began in Acts. And we read in Acts 2, 42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Now we're going to turn and join Jesus at the communion table. If you haven't already grabbed something to drink, and crackers to eat, I would encourage you to do that right now. Jesus celebrated the Passover with the 12 disciples, which we do monthly here at Bethany. This was an intimate experience that transformed them from being followers of Jesus to being leaders of Jesus' mission. The same, the same invitation for them is for us to come and share the bread and the cup together. Now, this table is open for everyone who chooses to follow Jesus. If you have not decided to follow him, you can do that now. Accept his invitation now and forever. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I trust you with my life and will follow you for all. 
for all that I am and for all that I will be. May you come into my life. So let's take a moment and reflect on Jesus, his life, his love, and his mission. And maybe you want to recommit yourself by saying, Jesus, I want to come and see more. See more of you now than before. Here I am, accept me. Let's take a moment and pray and reflect on Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for an invitation to join you, to see how you lived your life, to hang on your words, to allow your love to transform us, to be your disciples, to glean the teachings that you taught the disciples and apply them to our lives. As we come to the communion table, fill us. In your name we pray, amen.